I'll tell you what, we could use some good news about right now if anyone has some on the recruiting front. No, we are not saying press the June panic button or anything like that, but uh, yeah, there's some predictions that have flowed in, what, Parker, in the past 24 hours that are uh, not the best news. No, no, certainly not. And uh, (laughs) I would say the worst news of all is that it looks like you're losing Bryant Wesco, not to TCU, but to Clemson. Crazy. To Clemson, and we talked about it yesterday, man. Anytime you're dealing with a five-star, recruitments tend to get weird. But yet in the last 24 hours, Clemson has closed out the recruitment of one five-star with as little drama as possible and is now on the precipice of closing out the recruitment of another five-star. With as little drama as possible. They also got a four-star wide receiver as well in the middle of all this. Uh, There may not be a hotter team on the recruiting trail right now than the Clemson Tigers. No, sadly there is, and it's USC. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. They they get uh, a four-star defensive back, what, over the weekend? They've got five commits in the last 48 hours. And then now Taylor Taylor. Well, let's just run down all of the predictions that are, uh, you know, not not great news. Now, some predictions are by Steve Wiltfong, which we take very seriously. Naturally. Some predictions are by, you know... uh, local insiders to that school that not necessarily you don't take seriously, but when the national recruiting director for 24-7 sports puts in a prediction, I, I, I don't know, I guess I view it a little bit differently. So here's currently what's going on. Um, Bryant Wesco, there's several predictions in now for the five-star wide receiver to commit to Clemson. Joseph yeah. Jonah Ajonye is now fonged. Steve Wiltfong has put in a crystal ball for JJA, six foot four, two hundred and fifty-five pound defensive lineman to Georgia, which is not great news. Stacy Gage, who we don't talk a lot about, but he is a three-star, four-star running back, crystal ball to UCF. And then Taylor Tatum, a running back that we do talk a lot about. There's currently a prediction in for USC by a local USC insider. So I maybe there's one or two more that, that I've missed, but Taylor Tatum, Joseph Jonah Jonier, and um, Bryant Wesco, of course, the three that you don't want to see being predicted elsewhere right now. No, not at all. And you're going to have a chance with Joseph Jonah Jonier, if nothing else, because he's going to visit Oklahoma officially for the champion barbecue. Now, he will visit Georgia for a subsequent official visit, so Georgia will have the final say in that recruitment, which doesn't leave you feeling great. But at least you know you have a puncher's chance to turn the tide with JJA. Now, with Wesco... Man, that's it's been an interesting day on that front because we need the clock to I, run out on this one. I'm I'm watching the clock as we speak, Parker, trying to trying to milk the clock to get to the end of the day. Because I heard you say earlier, if it gets to the end of the day and he still hasn't committed, then who knows what's going to happen? Well, and here's the thing. Here's what you must consider. Let's say Bryant Wesco takes his official visit to TCU this weekend. What does that tell us? Well, and that's what I was going to say. Best case scenario, maybe, is that Wesco does commit to Clemson today. And whether it's an OU visit or TCU, he visits elsewhere, and maybe he's completely off Clemson's board if they operate like they like like, like OU does, yeah, which but, they do. At, I, but I think that's the reason why. You know, I mentioned it, got a text from a good source that was like, "Hey, the expectation is Wesco is going to commit to Clemson today." But uh, I'd also heard this morning that there were some people in his corner that were kind of trying to slow things down, and so I got the text from a source that said, "Hey, look, if." The day wraps up and we don't have a Clemson commitment from Wesco. Things get interesting again. Because, again, if he is still uncommitted this Friday and goes to TCU, what does that tell us? 
Well, he didn't silent to Clemson. Because you're committed to Clemson. It's the same thing as being committed to Oklahoma. You're not going anywhere So we have to root for TCU for something positive to happen there? That's what you're saying? Yeah, which is... If you weren't rooting for them in the championship, this is the first time in a while that you've rooted for TCU, other than when they play Texas, I guess. Yeah, so if Bryant Wesco ends up taking the rest of his official visits, at least we know there's a chance that the Clemson momentum dies off. because, And that's what you need. And you, yes, I, you I, I'd rather that. go head-to-head, head, even though the proximity is obviously a lot closer, I'd rather go head-to-head head with TCU than I would Muleshoe Jr. and Clemson at this point. As would most. As would most. So, things not looking great right now on the Bryant-Wesco front, admittedly. Things not looking great on the Joseph Jonah and Jonier front. And I just... I don't know where things end up swinging with Taylor Tatum, man, because there's going to be money involved. There already is money involved. Sure. USC is making a hard push. A&M's a dark horse, right, in this one? Yes, and you do understand why USC is in play for a major running back target nationally, right? And it's because they're willing to invest. He's going to get a high-rise apartment right next to Bear Alexander. That's what he's going to get. I'll tell you, man, we were we were all talking like USC was broke a year ago, which, to be fair, at that point, they did not have a lot of money to work with because they'd spent it all on mule shoe. But I don't know if they've had a bunch more money pour in over the last few months, but based on some of the stuff I've heard behind the scenes, it would seem that USC is willing to go to bat on the money front with just about anybody right now nationally. Now, Obviously, I don't think their NIL capabilities are the point where they could get into a legitimate bidding war with Oregon or Texas A&M or Miami. But still, USC is willing to invest in Taylor Tatum. Texas A&M is willing to invest in Taylor Tatum. I don't think he and his family are going to be too easily influenced by the bag, Tyler. But as we talked about yesterday, there comes a certain point in time at which... The bag gets big enough that it's a bad business decision to turn it. Well, and and then I think you have situations, too, where, you know, there's two or three schools in a recruitment that, you know, maybe one is, you know, the most attractive, but there's not really a wide gap in between the two. Like, the bag is so big, that school is maybe very comparable to the other school anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it, um, it makes things a lot more difficult, that's for sure. So, from the 918. News today. From the 918, WTF is happening. <laughs> Blacktop Billy says, Stop, I'm going to turn off the radio and start crying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Same. Zane says, Parker, did you change vehicles without consulting the ref army again? Uh, no, I did not, Zane. I don't know where you heard those reports, but still driving the White Buffalo. Uh, the, the recruiting doomer, right on cue, 209 p.m., says, Oh, but wait. I thought the 24 class was going to be one of the best ever. There's still time. I don't think it's going to be one of the best ever. Let me just say that. Um, but there's still time to uh, put in a really, really good class. I mean, that's, again, it's it's June. It's early June. Joseph Jonah Jonier hasn't committed to Georgia just yet. We'll see what happens with Bryant Westco at the end of the day in the several months to follow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not great signs today. Uh, there's no other way to say it. Angry Ronnie says not looking good for OU, period. And, look, I, I just want to add some perspective here. Last year at this time, things were not looking nearly this good for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail. They closed with the number four class in the country. 
So I understand if you want to do the whole doom and gloom thing right now, but just understand, official visits haven't even happened yet. Well, and the, the next, the, the two biggest weekends of the year are about to happen to OU, and do they come out of that weekend with you know five, six, seven commits? I don't. I'm not going to go that far, but will they come out of the next two weeks with commits? Yes. Will they swing momentum in their favor for some highly ranked recruits? I also think that that's yes as well, because you're seeing it right now at USC, you're seeing it at Clemson, you're seeing it at Georgia. I think that Oklahoma is allowed to have a really two good, uh, two big time weeks coming up, and there's some really high profile targets that will be in town, including the likes of uh, Braden Platt, who's going to be an OU on June 16th, and that's a guy that you would really, really like. Probably going to be a top 100 overall player at linebacker, and a guy that we mentioned here and there. Um, he's been to Norman before. What was that? Around two months ago or so. But uh, guys like Braden Platt, who will be in town, a top 100 player, you, you, I, it does not feel good today. you got a real chance to turn that around here in the next couple of weeks. From the 405. So once again, Sooners lose out on someone that supposedly was a heavy lean. What happened? Recruiting has been subpar for this class. Bates has yet to deliver on any of the five stars we were supposed to be in on. Things are trending in the wrong direction. Please, folks, can we maintain some perspective? I reiterate, official visits have not happened. No, recruiting has not been subpar for this class because official visits have not happened. If this if you, were to happen, like if, if all of this today were to happen, let's just say this was happening after the two visits, then I'm not saying that I'm not concerned about it, but I think that there would be more cause for panic. You agree with that? Yes. If the official you, visits weekend had already happened? You had four commits on this date last year. Four commits. One of them was a blue chip kid. Jackson Arnold. That's it. The other three were three stars. You had one blue chip commit a year ago. As of right now, you have six commits, including two blue chip defensive backs, your quarterback of the future, and a wide receiver that's a top 100 national player, and recruiting has been subpar? No, I beg to differ. And again, please maintain perspective. This will happen over the course of every single cycle, and... When I went on OUinsider.com and authored my first class prediction at the beginning of May, one of the thing, one of the disclaimers that I added was, I expect a hit rate of no more than 60-65% here because things will change, and things do change. Guys that are leaning towards Oklahoma will begin to trend elsewhere. Guys that are not leaning toward Oklahoma will visit Oklahoma and warm up to OU. Guy that promised Air Jordans to Tyler and Parker if Sammy Brown doesn't sign with Clemson or Georgia on the text line says, uh, when Ariel will go to Tennessee, Stone, who knows? Nigel Smith, Ohio State, JJA to Georgia, maybe OU gets Danny Okoye. Well, how about that? Yeah, Nigel Smith did take an Ohio State visit this past weekend, and we'll talk about that today. Um, uh, if that recruitment has swung any other way than what it's been trending for quite some time now, Nigel Smith to Oklahoma, but there's uh, still elite prospects yet to take official visits, so they're they're in an okay spot. Still. And that's it, that, it could happen, and that's just doomsday rhetoric right there. No one, no one is saying Ohio State leads for Nigel Smith. No one is saying anything more than Ohio State is lurking. And Will Nwaneri to Tennessee. I mean, yeah, I'll admit it's a viable possibility. But his only official visit at this point has been to Georgia. It is way too early to call some of these races, and some of you folks seem determined to call them in favor of a school that isn't Oklahoma. So, 
How about some- everyone needs some good news right now, okay? Everyone really needs some good recruiting news. L let's see if we can give them some good recruiting news. Maybe OU is on the verge of uh, flipping a six foot six wide receiver. Does that, does that sound good to anyone? I, I know you guys like tall receivers there on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Maybe that's some good news. We'll uh, come up with one or two good things going on with OU football recruiting during the break, and we'll hit them on the other side. 405-651-3439. Keep the text coming on the text line. More to come next right here on The Ref. It's the end of the world. Everyone's going to Georgia. Everyone's going to USC and Alabama and everywhere else. I mentioned the six foot six wide receiver that OU could flip and the text line. Doubt the six foot six wide receivers coming here. Probably gonna head to Georgia or Clemson. <laughs> it's the vibes are not great today on the uh, text line. But the ref army is still listening nationwide again today. Auburn Hills, Michigan tuned in. Tampa, Florida, Levine, Arizona, Birmingham, Alabama, Henderson, Texas, Sylvania, Georgia, Columbus, Ohio. Calumet, Oklahoma, or small Oklahoma town of the day via a uh, request on the text line. So, appreciate the Ref Army tuning in uh, nationwide once again today. Ref Army Locator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. All right, let's get to the good things, the positive things. Tell me something good about OU football recruiting in 2024, and let's start there. They had a uh, wide receiver commit to Texas Tech on campus this weekend, mm -hmm. and the vibes are strong that that could be a flip, correct? I, I don't know if the vibes are strong. The vibes are cautiously optimistic, but I, I said it yesterday, I said it earlier today, and I'll say it again with regard to Ivan Carrion. Flipping a kid from Texas Tech is not as easy as it once was. And that's because you look at that on you look at things on paper, right? Oklahoma's a far superior option to Texas Tech. And so you offer a kid that's committed to Texas Tech and the conventional rhetoric would indicate, okay, it's it's a foregone conclusion that he's gonna end up flipping to the Sooners. But this new tech staff, man, led by Joey McGuire, they're very good at relational he's recruiting. He's probably and I I think he's the most dynamic recruiter they've had as a head coach there at the, Tech. Right now, Tech is regarded by many across the industry as the leader for Micah Hudson, who grew up a Texas fan and lives an hour away from Austin. So that just goes to show you, by the way, for those unfamiliar with Micah Hudson, that's the number one wide receiver in the entire country in the class of 2024. Yep. So that's how strong this Tech staff is when it comes to relational recruiting. The vibes from the Tech side – are that they feel good about keeping Ivan Carrion in the fold. Now, he is going to take an official visit to Purdue June 16th mm, through the 18th. because West he's, Lafayette, beautiful. Yeah, he's close with Purdue's quarterback commit, Marcus Davila. But the feeling is that he will either stay committed to Tech or he will flip to Oklahoma. <laughs> and I, I would just caution against considering it a foregone conclusion that he does flip to Oklahoma because I don't think that is set in stone. LaDonna from Lubbock has sounded off on the text line. Um, OU needs to make LaDonna the lead recruiter for uh, Ivan Carrion. She says, let me take the kid on a tour of Lubbock. He needs to visit on a day where there's a haboob. This town sucks. L tell him, LaDonna. Tell him how bad Lubbock is. Thing is, he's from Odessa, Texas. Um, which, by the way... Didn't that used to be a hotbed for recruiting? I think Cedric Benson's from there. Roy Williams is from there. 
They had an elite offensive lineman last year that ended up going to Clemson. Uh, Harris was his Harris last night. Sewell. Yeah, here, yeah. Um, is is Odessa still the the hotbed for football talent that it was 25, 30 years ago, yeah, or is it? It's good for a couple guys yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. Ivan Carrion's the best from that area in this cycle. Uh, Drew from Plyermount says, I thought Jeremiah Smith was the number one wide receiver in the country. Well, I guess it depends on which recruiting service you use. Maybe it, by that definition, Micah Hudson's the number two wide receiver in the country. The point is, he's a top three wide receiver in the country. Uh, <laughs> by the way, do we have any other good news to share? I mean, I tried to bring up carry-on, but you're like, yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. Tech still feels good. Do we have any good news to report for the 2024 class? I was just trying to bring some positivity in what otherwise has been – uh, you know, not the most pleasant day so far. I mean, the good news is you got blue chips aplenty coming to town the next two weeks. And the good news is that Caden Durham hasn't scheduled an official visit to LSU, which I, I don't take that as an indication that LSU is out of the running, but things are looking up between Oklahoma and Caden Durham right now. So that's maybe something that you can get excited about. Zion Raggins coming to town this weekend, four-star speedster out of the state of Georgia. I think OU leads that race right now, Tyler, which uh, they just re-engage with, Ra- with Raggins within the last couple of weeks. So this is pretty fresh, but just goes to show you, man, Emmett Jones, if he misses out on one guy, he's got another one waiting in the wings. Sammy Brown and- committed to Clemson yesterday, so you get to save an official visit. Huh? There's the good news that, we, uh, that we're looking for today. Yeah, Clemson's rolling right now uh, on the recruiting trail, and we'll see if they get Wesco by the end of the day here. From the 918, OU should make a push for Micah Hudson again. Uh, not happening. Uh, K-Dub in the 918, recruiting has not been subpar. That's laughable. OU recruiting was good with Muleshoe, and it is good with BV. They just keep missing out on players that make it elite enough for national titles, which is why we haven't won one in 20-plus years. I did see the uh, the blue chip. What do they call it on 24 The blue seven? chip ratio? The blue chip ratio for 2023, which is basically, like, to win a title, you have to sign more four- and five-star players than you do two- and three-star players. Like, yeah. that's that's basically what it is. OU, I guess, is at 70% this year, right where Texas is at. OU and Texas both at 70%. I think they were, like, seventh or eighth on, on the list nationally. Now, so. that is a higher blue chip ratio than Oklahoma had a year ago. And I believe... It's higher than they had two seasons ago. So, 70% blue chip ratio, that's pretty dang good. Bama was at ni- or Bama is at 90. Ohio State at 85. Georgia at 77. Wow. A&M at 73. Clemson at 72. LSU at 71. And then OU and Texas tied at 70%. That's in front of Oregon, Notre Dame, Florida, Miami, Penn State, Michigan, USC, and Auburn. I don't think that that changes anyone's minds on OU winning a national championship this season, but... According to this formula, um, there's only been teams above, what, 50% in this blue-chip ratio that's won a national championship in the recruiting rankings era. So, basically, they're saying if you want to win a title, you have to be in that area, and OU and Texas are seventh in that ratio. It doesn't change my opinion on their likelihood of winning a title, but there's at least something there for you. RCC for life on the text line says you should, up, just, should just cancel the champion barbecue. Yeah, should. Angry yeah. Ronnie says, no good news, recruiting down, mm-hmm. Monahan's a crook, took the money, it's getting hot outside, and Weatherford can't find a wrestling coach. We're going to find some positive news by the end of the day. I, I swear to you, Parker, it's going to happen. 
Brian and Tulsa. find something. Let's talk about Devon Mitchell. Good news. Yeah, Is Bama, there... June 9th. OU, June 15th through the 17th. And then Miami, June 21st through the 23rd. And apparently he recently said, I could see myself committing soon. Which, I, if that is ends up what if that what happens, I think that's good news for OU if he ends up committing soon. I expect Devon Mitchell to commit to Oklahoma. And based on what I have been told continually over the last couple of months, if it is not Oklahoma, A, there's a heck of a lot of money involved, and B, it would have to take a pretty drastic turn nonetheless because OU has led that race for quite some time and continues to lead it. I, his dad was on campus last week, just hanging out. Devon wasn't even there. Devon's not done with school yet at Los Alamitos. I think actually tomorrow is his last day. But there's a lot of comfort at Oklahoma that there just isn't at Alabama or Miami. Yeah, and anything could change. Anything could happen on a uh, recruiting visit, but he's at Bama for one day on June 9th. He's at Miami for three days, and he's at OU for three days. So if he already has the thought of, I could see myself committing soon, I think that's only only good news for OU at this point. By the way, um, James Nesta is a four-star linebacker. Speaking of Miami, it's OU Miami and North Carolina at this point for James Nesta. Yep. I guess he throws heat on the baseball diamond. He does. Which is interesting because normally when we're talking about football and baseball talents, like they could do both at the next level, if we're talking about someone who might be able to throw in the low 90s off the bump, I feel like it's normally a quarterback or an offensive player. Like, Do, do, we, ever, do we ever see – Four-star linebackers, like elite linebackers, that are also really good pitchers. I feel like it's offensive guys for whatever reason with the two sports stars, football and baseball. And generally, there's, yeah, I would say that holds true. But when you're six foot four, two hundred thirty pounds, like James Nesta is, you can put some heat behind the the baseball, and he sure can. He can get that fastball up to ninety-five, and. Honestly, probably has a higher ceiling in baseball than he does well, in football. Well, if he's already he's throwing good, 95, yeah, I he's would a good say football that, yeah, player. That's, but that's the case. That's a guy that could be touching triple digits at some point down the line. Yeah, so uh, that that's hopefully that goes well. I mean, future College World Series MVP, James Nesta? I don't see why not. Why just once? You're going to limit him to just once? Maybe he can do it twice. Maybe he can learn a new pitch in like two weeks like Cade Horton did last year and just dominates. I'll be down for that. Because Cade Horton's dominating right now in uh, in minor league ball. He looks he looks really good so far. Yeah, Braden Platt's going to be at OU on June 16th. What that'll be, um, is, that, uh, is that right before the barbecue, June 16th? Is no, when that, that is? That it, is it, it, it is barbecue 16th weekend. 16th through the 18th. So, okay, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the barbecue. Yeah. yeah. So um, that, that would be a nice, a really nice get at linebacker. Caden Massey. Uh, three-star offensive tackle is going to be in town June 14th through 16th. Three-star so. U. Three star you exactly right. Well, there's a there's a lot of prospects that would be rolling in the next two weeks, including what David Stone will be here the next two weekends, or at least yes. be at OU the next two weekends, yeah. I should say. And uh, just I, I'll give you guys a little bit of insider insight here. I uh, I have reason to suspect that Caden Massey is going to get a bump up the rankings. I wouldn't be too shocking. I think all he, six foot eight of him. I think he's also taking a K State visit coming up here. Taking an Ole Miss official this yeah. weekend, and then he's going to Nebraska right before his OU official as well. 
Uh, we got an interesting note coming up on Michael Boganowski, one of the better players in the state of Kansas as well. And we got a lot of text to get to. 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll give you that note and a whole lot more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Michael Boganowski, three-star athlete out of Junction, uh, Junction City, Kansas, six foot two, one 195 pounds in the class of 2024, according to uh, Adam Gorney on Rivals. K-State know you are still out front for the high three-star, but he has something else to consider. Stanford made a big impression on Boganowski over the weekend, and he has to think about getting a Stanford degree, and what it could mean for his life. He also loves the football aspect there as he considers the scheme very quarterback-friendly. A two-team race is still in play, but now a third team is in the mix. Sounds like we should take Stanford seriously for uh, Michael Boganowski. No, you should not take Stanford seriously. You uh, disagree with Gordy there? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma and Kansas State. That's what the battle's between right now. Mm -hmm. OU, Kansas State. And I expect it to be OU – most expected to be OU. Kansas State has the hometown pole being right up the road from Junction City, Kansas. But no, Oklahoma's been in very good standing with Michael Boganowski for quite some time. And when they get him to campus for the Champion Barbecue, I would expect that the staff pushes very hard to get him to shut things down because he is high on their board. Yeah, like this text just says, great, more three stars from the 918. But he is, and I think that this has been the case for, you know, one two, one or two months now, he's one of the more under-the-radar recruits on the recruiting board. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could just look at it and say, oh, he's a three-star athlete from the state of Kansas. Why should I get excited about that? But like you said, this staff really likes him quite a bit, and it, it feels like he could be – a very under-the-radar get if they could get him for the 2024 class. No no one that's ever going to be the most talked-about player on signing day, um, but maybe one of the more under-the-radar finds that you could find in this, uh, in this 2024 class. Texas got its quarterback for, what, 2025 over the weekend? K.J. Lacey? Yeah, that's right. That was the only other offer OU made in the 2025 class at quarterback. They offered him and Kevin Sperry the same day, and then Kevin Sperry committed like four days later. So, so, oh, so OU in Texas right now. Both have an incoming five-star freshman. Both have, what, a three-star committed in 2024 and then a quarterback committed in the 2025 hey, class. Michael Hawkins is a four-star. Let's let's not disrespect him like that. Well, I, I think he's a – but according to, what, 24-7, he's still a three-star, correct? Okay, well, they can – they can say that. They can the ref that. recruiting rankings, he is a uh, he is a high four-star ranking. That's what Michael Hawkins is. We need to do those, the ref recruiting rankings. Oh, yeah. I bet. So we can get drugged for those as well? Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> Kenny from the 405 says, just shut down the OU football program with a laughing face emoji. Uh, Brian in Tulsa, hey, Parker, what about Tovani Mizell? That, I don't think he ends up a take at Oklahoma at this point. Same deal with Stacey Gage. I, I think other options would have to fall through if Oklahoma were to take Stacey Gage or Tovani Mizell. I was talking to a source down in Florida yesterday, and they're like, "Yeah, nobody really wants Stacy Gage right now." Well, so he just got those, crystal ball to UCF of all yeah, places. Well, and I, I have a prediction in for UCF. Yeah, too, and, and, he, and you see his offer list, and for over a year now, he's had an impressive offer list. OU's offered, I think Alabama's offered as well. It's kind of a who's who's list of offers in the Southeast, but you've always heard things of you know what's that recruitment exactly going to look like and. 
yeah, now that UCF is trending there, I, I wonder if OU is the only team that's saying, yeah, we'll take that, but only if some options really fall through for us. It's kind of what it feels like. Caden Durham and Taylor Tatum is kind of the dream for Oklahoma running back in the 2024 cycle, and I don't think they would be opposed to looking further down the board. I think there are some really viable options further down the board. I like Tavani Mizell. Um, I'm not as big on Stacey Gage, but I think Jeremy Payne, Zion Kearney's high school teammate out of Missouri City, uh, Texas, will be another guy that comes into play. Uh, everyone calm down, says Sooner Coet. So Oklahoma isn't a football school anymore. We're a softball school. Yeah, and everyone hates them nationally. Even former head coaches at the University of Michigan just can't stand how much OU softball is celebrating right now, which is the uh, biggest joke or one of the biggest jokes going on in all the sports right now. It was always going to be packed and sold out the next two nights, Parker, but I, I feel like with uh, all the crap that OU softball continues to get nationally, Maybe the environment tomorrow night at Hall of Fame Stadium is turned up just even a little bit more than what it normally is for a championship series. I think it could be a very, very rabid uh, OU crowd tomorrow night against Florida State. Well, and it I, should and I be. Hope, I hope it is. It should be. I mean, you're staring down the barrel to three-peat, Tyler. If you can't pack out Hall of Fame Stadium and get them rowdy over the prospect of a third consecutive national championship, I <laughs> – I don't know, man. You got issues. And the Oklahoma softball fan base does not have issues. I can promise you that. So Florida State faces a daunting task ahead, not just having to deal with murderers row and a very capable Oklahoma pitching staff, but a stadium that's going to be very heavily pro-Oklahoma. Yeah, very heavily. Uh, by the way, Garrett Riley, Muleshoe Jr. is what we call him around here. He did tweet out a, um emoji with the sunglasses and a tiger right behind it. So I, I don't know if Muleshoe Jr., if those are the uh, emojis that he uses at Clemson when he's gotten a commit. I'm, I'm guessing that's what it is. Um, that happened a little over two hours ago, and I'm guessing there's thought there that that's for five-star wide receiver Bryant Westco. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. I. So what it sounds I, like to me is this is what's happened. Bryant Westco took the visit this weekend. He really liked it. Clemson knows that he really likes it. And he either committed while he was at Clemson or he committed yesterday. And the commitment verbally has actually happened. And people around Bryant Westco were saying, hey, man, like, just hold off on this. Maybe really make sure that this is what you want your decision to be before you just totally, uh, you know, close down your recruitment. Is that that pretty accurate? That is pretty accurate. And. Again, I, as I mentioned earlier, if we go to bed tonight and Bryant Wesco hasn't committed to Clemson, then things get interesting. I, I just don't know that that happens, though, because the Clemson vibes are very, very strong right now. Drew from Flower Man, I thought for a second we would play Stacy Gage if he's being crystal ball to UCF, but we will already be in the SEC, and he's class of 2024. Yes. A uh, guy that promised us Air Jordans if Sammy Brown doesn't sign with Clemson or Georgia. Are we sure Garrett Riley's tweet wasn't about the receiver who committed today? Well, he sent, he sent that out sometime after T.J. Moore committed to Clemson. So, I don't know. Generally, tweets like that from coaches are preemptive rather than reactionary. So, with all of the buzz that I've heard from down in Texas about an imminent commitment for uh, going in Clemson's favor for Wesco, 
I am inclined to believe that that's what it was referencing. Uh, we're trying to find the positive today on the recruiting side. This texture from the 620 says, let, uh, let me find the positive. Softball playing for the Natty, and softball recruiting has Kiki Malloy's sister coming in next year. Trust in Batty to show us the positive. Yes, uh, we really need, really need OU softball right now. And we always need OU softball, but... Uh, for those of you that are big OU football and uh, OU softball fans and ones that also follow recruiting, uh, yeah, OU softball is uh, helping you through some times right now. But it's not all – you get an elite defensive lineman this month, and, and I don't know if any of those guys are going to announce this month, but Parker, if you were to get a David Stone, if you were to get someone like that, then I think the mood completely flips. If you were to get a any four-star for that matter, I think the mood completely flips. They just need some positive momentum their way because, as we've said several times, June is a is a massive month for OU football recruiting. Can I interest you in a Zion Raggins commitment by the end of June? Because I think that's certainly on the table. And the guy that promised us Air Jordans on the text line said, Raggins may end up a top 100 kid. He's really good. He is electric. Not a very big football player. But, you know, you, you know, what, you know what he almost reminds me of is Dylan Edwards on steroids. Ooh. Like you want to talk so about Dylan Edwards played for the 1990s Nebraska teams. This is what this kid would be. <laughs> okay, very nice. I like that. But no, like that. There are very few prospects in the country in the class of 2024 that have the straight line speed that Zion Raggins does. So if Oklahoma ends up with him in that wide receiver room, and you can pair him with Zion Kearney, who has very understated speed, and KJ Daniels, who's a burner in his own right. Those will be some fun little toys in the passing game. Now, out of all of the names that we've mentioned today that have been predicted, crystal balled elsewhere, like Bryant Wesco is the one that you're most concerned with because that one could, well, seemingly come down today and maybe he's already verbally committed to Clemson. But outside that, which one is the most troubling, do you think? Um, Stacy Gage, crystal ball to UCF, probably not. Really, it's it's either Joseph Jonah Ajonye uh Crystal Ball to Georgia or Taylor Tatum being predicted to USC? I, I guess which one do you take more seriously out of those two? Probably Joseph Jonah Joni to Georgia. Because of the position that he plays, you think the interest is more legit there? I do think the interest is more legit there. And I think USC did make a move with Tatum this weekend, but I also think unless they get him to shut it down, the post-visit high is going to wear off once he gets back around to visiting OU in Michigan. Sooner Todd says, "Dudes, I'm not getting any, uh, or I'm not getting any hope on David Stone." Well, again, he'll be in the next two weekends, so maybe, just maybe, they can get five-star defensive lineman David Stone. He's visited several times before, and he will continue to do so as this recruiting cycle wears on. In, in fact, is it is it crazy to say um, that maybe you feel? And I know that this has been a crazy, unpredictable recruitment, and it will probably continue to be that way. But is this the calmest the David Stone recruitment has been up to this point, which would maybe make you the most confident that you've been throughout this entire David Stone recruitment to OU? We if, haven't had, if, had any crazy shenanigans lately, and maybe we're due for some. But. Yeah, well, and that's, that's kind of my concern is David Stone has said and done all the right things as far as OU's concerned, but we'll, we're still talking about a five-star defensive lineman here. And just never feels like – five-star recruitments are straightforward and simple and who knows maybe David Stone ends up like Bryant Wesco right where he's just like okay you know what I'm done I want to commit to Oklahoma 
Hopefully it goes in Oklahoma's favor in that instance rather Not than Clemson, Clemson or Georgia but. or anywhere else. Yeah, seriously. All right, 405-651-3439. Still a ton to get to on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll do that. More Cruton as well on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. You see this uh, spring football league for high school players that's going to happen in 2024, apparently? Ex-USFL president Brian Woods is launching a spring league for top high school football talent in 2024. Yeah. Teams will be okay. in Atlanta, Cleveland, Dallas, Houston, New Jersey, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Miami, Phoenix, San Diego, San Francisco, Tampa, I guess it's going to be a six-week league during the spring, and it's going to be something. Like, basically what they want to do is potential recruits could pay for what he referred to as player development fee to participate in the league. So maybe it, it, it's better development for them. They're easily evaluated versus seven-on-seven seven camps. I don't know. This is a wild idea. And May I'm I really speak candidly? to see if this is going to work or not. Can I just go ahead and speak candidly? Oh, please candidly. do, yes. I think it's a terrible idea. And I don't think it's going to catch on. Because I don't think it would. If you're talking about the top football prospects in the country, they already have so much going on in the spring between camps and seven-on-seven and unofficial and official visits. I find it very hard to believe that prospects worth their salt are going to pay out of their pocket to, quote-unquote, experience player development. Because in their eyes... And there's some truth to this. They're already developed enough to play Power 5 football. Why wouldn't they just take the spring? Why wouldn't they just take the offseason, having some fun on the 7-on-7 circuit, seeing the sites with the schools that they're interested in, and maybe participating in a camp here, a camp there, to try and boost their stock? I just don't see any substantial benefit over the alternative that this league provides to a football prospect with Power 5 potential. And Arch Manning would never. If the New Orleans team called Arch, he'd be like, six weeks league? Nah, no, no chance. Here is the quote. It's um, this uh, former or ex-USFL president, Brian Woods, says, if you look at seven on seven, you look at these camps, and at the end of the day, none of them are 11 on 11 football. None of them are going to give a quarterback, for instance, in a seven on seven situation, a live pass rush. So if you're oh looking gosh. to evaluate players in an actual football context, that's what this league is about. No, that's quotes. stupid. Isn't if that what looking... their high school season is exactly. for? Exactly. <laughs> they do that all fall. By the time January rolls around, they're tired of it. They don't want to strap on pads. They just want to put the shells on and play seven on seven. I don't know how this is going to work out, man. I This is... It's, it, it's a terrible it, idea. And especially in major markets like, like – there's a lot of teams, dude. Atlanta, Cleveland, Dallas, Houston, New Jersey, New Orleans, L.A., Miami, Phoenix, San Diego, San Francisco, Tampa. Yeah, good luck with that. Now, I bet you they'll make money because there are always kids out there whose parents think they're good enough to play Power 5 football mm -hmm. that are willing to put them on this stage because they think it's going to give their kid a better chance of getting recruited. I don't think there's much truth to that. But they'll make money. Isn't that what camps just, are, are for, though? I mean, I, again, team camps or satellite camps or whatever it is. I just – I question whether the product is going to be watchable. 
ex-USFL president. Ex-USFL uh, president, Ex right? Ex-USFL president because he lost his job as president or because the USFL went under? Maybe both. Not sure. I, I'm, I'm an XFL guy, Parker. You know that. Big Bob Stoops, uh, Arlington Renegades fan. Uh, 405, can we address the elephant in the room? How freaking uninhabitable is Cleveland, Ohio? I've never been to Cleveland, Ohio. Nor have I. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't have any plans to do so in the future. 918, I've said it time and time again. You all, everyone listening, including Tyler and Parker and insiders, need to pump the brakes on potential commitments. This 2023 season is about to have a huge impact on recruiting one way or another. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Very critical season for OU. I, I still think that OU can have a nice recruiting class if they were to go 9-3, and three, but is it going to be way difficult to have a top-five class if you don't have a stellar season? Like I, I know a season doesn't always impact things in that given recruiting class, but yeah, I, I think everyone's watching for improved uh, defense from OU this year. It'll help. And that's true, but I also think that'll have more ramifications for 2025 than it will for 2024. Just because I think when the season rolls around, you're going to have most of your 2024 class committed anyway. That's not to say you don't lose a guy or two. That's not to say you're not fighting down the stretch with other schools for a kid that drags his recruitment into the fall and your play hurts in the pursuit of that kid. But if Oklahoma doesn't have success on the football field in 2023, I would anticipate that having – more of a trickle-down effect on the 2025 recruit. One more, Colin KC. What's the latest on Williams-Winary? Uh, was it Georgia last weekend? OU this weekend. Big weekend for him. That'll do it for Locked In. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.